Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Calm Box Feeds, where we give away more chicken coops and chicken-related prizes than anyone else on the planet. We are often imitated, but never duplicated. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Calm Box Feeds. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. 
Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg's should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's strombergschickens.com. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you in your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag, 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting R coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com. And try Love Nest Organic Blends for your backyard friends today. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, it's time to welcome here in just a moment Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D., and we're going to be talking about ammonia control in the chicken coop. So we'll be talking about that here shortly. But first, 
a little housekeeping we need to take care of. I first want to tell everybody thank you very much for tuning in today. All the homeschoolers that tune into this radio show and incorporate it into their daily curriculum, thank you very much for tuning in. Over-the-road truck drivers, keep the rubber on the road. Get that freight delivered. We thank you for what you do, and we thanks for listening to the archive when you can out there on the road. There's a lot of you. We hear from you, and we thank you so much for doing so. Um, All the live listeners that listen live, if you're allowed to (laughs) at work, I know that they really cut down and uh, or, uh, uh, cracked down on uh, allowing you to get into the chat room. But, hey, I guess that's uh, we're there to work, right? So, anywho, hey, thank you for the live listeners and the thousands of you who listen to the archive on iTunes.com, Podcast.com, Zoom.com, and all of the others. Thank you very much for uh, for doing so. Hey, do you want to win a chicken coop? I know you do. In fact, I've got two chances going on right now where you could win a, a brand-new chicken coop. We've got our Facebook fan contest going on right now, uh, and I'm going to tell you how to enter that contest here. Uh, very, very simple. You could win a brand-new uh, Quonset hut, four-foot-by-four-foot four fiberglass composite construction. Hey, easy to clean, uh, and uh, everybody loves that. Um, and it's valued at $965.00 plus free shipping right to your front door. So let me tell you how to enter that contest first, because I know you'd want this chicken coop. Besides, it's free. Hey, give away more coops than anybody on the planet. Okay, to enter, here we go, get a pen and paper. To enter, you need to send an email to me. Send that email to contest at chickenwhisperer.com. That's contest at chickenwhisperer.com. You send that email over in the subject line, in the subject line of that email, put Coop Contest. Coop Contest in the subject line. And again, that's to contest at chickenwhisperer.com. I need, uh, in the email, I need your name, shipping address, and phone number. Just three things. Name, shipping address, and phone number. If you want to send a shout out and say, hey, how you doing, Ange? No problem. You can do that as well. Okay. Uh, we've got one entry per person per email address. If you enter more than once, you will be disqualified. The prize is shipped to lower 48 states only. Okay, lower 48 United States. That is it. Um, contest starts at 4 p.m. time on March 15th. It has already started, and it'll end at 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April 15th, Tax Day. Uh, and winners will be selected by random drawing. Winners will be contacted via email and telephone on April 15th, tax day. Uh, no purchase necessary to enter. Contest is not associated with Facebook in any way. Good luck to you. Now, let me tell you something. If you live in Alaska, you can enter. If you live in Europe, you can enter. If you live in Hawaii, you can enter. If you live in Australia, heck, you can enter this contest. But I'm only going to shift the, co- the coup to the lower 48 states. So if you live in Hawaii, you want to row your boat over. I'll ship this coop over to San Diego. You can row your boat over, pick up that coop, and roll it right on back. Okay. If you live in Europe, well, let's see. I could ship it over to one of the ports in New York. I could ship it down to Savannah, Georgia, and you could row your boat over from Europe, pick this coop up, and row it on back. No problems. So you can enter if you live outside of the lower 48. Uh, if you live in Canada, for example, and you live on maybe a border town, I'll ship it to a, uh, a holding facility, uh, maybe a UPS uh, store or a FedEx uh, Kinko store or something like that that'll hold it for you. Drive across the border, pick this scoop up, and drive back. So just because it says I'm only going to ship it to the lower 48 doesn't mean you can't enter no matter where you live in the world. You're just going to have to find out how to get the coop. So no big deal there. How simple is that? So that's one way you can win a chicken coop. That's very, very simple. 
That, of course, is brought to you by our good friends over at eggstreamcoops.com. That's E-G-G, eggstreamcoops.com. We are also actively giving away an awesome chicken coop from Woodtex Products in our spring edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. So uh, just go to chickenwhisperermagazine.com. Yep, that's chickenwhisperermagazine.com. While you're there, subscribe to the free edition. It's free. It's not going to be like, hey, we'll send you a free issue in the mail, and then uh, uh, if you like it, then you're automatically subscribed. You've got to cancel, otherwise we're still going to cra- cra- charge a credit card. No credit card needed. Just an email address, and it's free. Okay? So, hey, while you're there, subscribe to the free edition. But you can also enter that coop contest uh very simple you can enter online i think you need to like write in 25 words or less why you love keeping chickens how simple is that well pretty darn hard if you ask me i couldn't tell you in 25 words or less why i like to keep and promote backyard poultry but hey try to do it in 25 words or less and uh, and you're entered so there's two chicken coops i'm giving away you have two chances to win we just gave them one gave one away in february uh, I believe we're giving away another one in May. How cool is that? Giving away more coops than anybody on the planet. That is how to win, my friends. So uh, we hope you do enter and get a chance. People do win these. It's not like uh, <laughs> it's not like some of those uh, uh, walking through the mall and you see you know a sports car and they're like fill out this form. You turn the form over and there's forty thousand words that tell you that you're probably not going to win. But uh, we're going to take all your information and sell it. We're going to contact you, and you're going to get start start getting all these. You give us permission to do all this phone marketing. None of that. Okay, none of that. So um, enter and have a good time, and I wish you luck for doing that. So, hey, let's get on. I'm trying to think there's something else I was going to say other than the two coops. Oh, yep, the book is back ordered. Uh, getting ready for to go on this book tour. Every spring it's back ordered. I call the publisher. They're like, oh, it's back ordered. And uh, they're blaming the dock workers out west in California for striking or something. Uh, so uh, that, that's, they're blaming them for the delay. Um, but uh, they hopefully have reserved me about 300 for when they do come in that will be on hold for my book tour with Combox Feeds coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, they said, though, and, and I guess it's a, bad, a good problem to have, but they said whenever Lowe's orders... Because our books are in Lowe's and Home Depot and Tractor Supply and Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, just about everywhere, Amazon. But they said when Lowe's orders my books, it really wipes them out. I don't know how many Lowe's stores uh, there are, but they did say that when Lowe's orders, it wipes us out. So they've got another 3,000 coming in. So uh, I guess that's a good problem to have. Uh, thanks, Lowe's, for continuing to order my book every year. <laughs> so you got to love it. Today we're talking about ammonia control in the coop. It looks like uh, Dr. McRae has called in. Let's give her a big chicken whisperer welcome. <laughs> and then I'll push the button and bring her live. Hey, Dr. McRae, thanks for joining us. Hey, can you hear me all right? Hear you loud and clear. Fabulous. How you been, Andy? I've been, uh, been pretty good. We had a great time up in Ohio. Oh, thank um, you, did. Combox is a great time, and then uh, the, the two kids had kind of a stomach bug going on while we were there, but they were kind of confined to the hotel room anyway while I was downstairs doing my thing. And then uh, probably two or three days after we got back here, within 10 minutes of each other, me and Jen got the stomach bug. So at least oh. we were at home. At least we were at home and done traveling for a while when we got it. That was a blessing, though nobody loves to have that junk. 
But wow. um, still, still, uh, yeah, but we pretty much uh, over that and recovered from that and kind of hanging out a little bit and uh, getting ready for the busy, busy, busy season. So, uh, yeah. uh, I'm already was, getting the phone calls, Andy. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Hey, you had Cooptastic a couple of weekends ago. I did. I did. Right after that big old snowstorm where we got, at least at my house, <laughs> nine inches. <laughs> yeah. So my mom and my sister flew in for Cooptastic on the day of the snowstorm, and obviously they didn't make it to my house. They were the second-to-last plane to land at Reagan Airport before they shut the airport down. Wow. <laughs> so um, they came the next day. We were setting up Cooptastic, and there was just snow everywhere. So our attendance was down. Um, weather was a factor, but, you know, at least where we had it at the fairgrounds, they they plowed the parking lots all throughout the snowstorm, and people were able to park and get around wherever they needed to go. Uh, that's why we don't have it on our campus, because, you know, it would have been much more difficult, or even at one of our farms. And, you know, years ago when I started having Cooptastic, my boss was like, you should have it at the fairgrounds. I'm like, why? He says, because it can snow in March as evidenced by the weather two weeks ago and tomorrow. They're saying tomorrow we might get some more snow, at least a rain-snow mix. So, yeah, I believe them now. Yes, I do. It's March. It's uh, snowed like a madman. That was uh, interesting. Um, We had some totally awesome vendors come this year. So if you didn't come to Cooptastic, boy, did you miss out. I found a couple new vendors that just, I mean, knock your socks off good. Of course, you've got um, uh, chickenwater.com or Chicken Fountain and chickenwater.com or the Bright Tap Chicken Water. They were both represented at uh, Cooptastic. Um, There was a couple new ones like, say, Love Nest. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Some of you are going, what? Come on. Yep. There's somebody out there who took one of my ideas that I had umpty bajoon years ago and put it to work. And they've got a great product. It's called Love Nest, and they, it's herbs that you add to the litter or to your nesting materials so that um, if they consume them, they're completely organic. Uh, you can add it to chick feed for the baby chick mix. Um, to the uh, nest box for critter ritter, and it should help control external parasites in the nest box. How about that? Someone clever. Um, If all goes well, I've got um, a student I'm speaking with tonight at my 4-H meeting, and she's going to perhaps, if she chooses to do so, do a summer research project with me taking a look at the Love Nest Lang Hen Mix and see what effect it has on egg quality. So do some before and after. And that ought to give both the company some more data to share with potential customers and flock owners more information about what the eggs are, how the eggs are affected or if they're affected at all. Mm-hmm. We had... Um, uh, we had uh, Countryside Organics come. 
which is out of Virginia. We had Aqua Barrel come. So they have new types of feeders and waters that are just, I mean, out of Europe, you don't see these things. Um, I was kind of taken aback at the variety that he had of all these uh, uh, alternative types of feeders and waters and some of the things he made himself, some he didn't. So he had a great selection. And then, of course, I tried to get as many different feed um, manufacturers from, like, say, Tractor Supply on down to the local feed guy who has his own mixes that he blends at a local feed mill. Um, And we did actually have someone who represented Kalmbach Feeds at Cooptastic, which was fantastic. Um, Turns out that there is a tiny little feed mill to the south of us, um, south of Dover at least, called um, T.G. Adams, and they carry Kalmbach feeds, and they're just about the only ones here in Delaware that carry it. So um, they've got their own feed lines. They've got Neutrina, and they've got Kalmbach. So looks like they are responding to the small flock need for more types of feed. There you go. There's a tagline for you, Andy. Just came <laughs> up out of the blue. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm glad it went well. It's fantastic. That was very good. Oh, and Peter Brown was there. He is. Oh, he has been one of the anchors of Cooptastic since it began. So if if those of you aren't familiar, not only is Peter Brown a guest speaker on Andy's show, but mm-hmm. He's got a line of products that he carries around to events like Cubtastic, but also chicken shows where he he sells different poultry products. So and and just a wealth of information for people when they when they come up and meet him. I mean, he's a well, you know, Andy. He's a wealth of information. He'll gladly share that information with you in person. Absolutely, we're glad and very fortunate to have him on every Monday. So. Uh, I know a lot of our fans are very familiar with uh, Peter, but he does uh, do select shows around the country and where you can go up and get some of the products he uh, talks about and uh, and take his brain live uh, right in front of him. And I, I feel very lucky that he's also a member of the Delmarva Poultry Fanciers Club, and he's not too far away, probably like an hour and a half, two-hour drive from me. So if I really needed to go see him for one reason or another, I'm sure he'd meet me somewhere and and I'd be able to buy whatever I needed to buy. Cool beans. Yep, he's a good one. He's a good one. Well, (laughs) you uh, know, kind of off topic, but we'll uh, bring it up since it is uh, current uh, news. Uh, The um, high path avian influenza is slowly creeping eastward. And the last finding a couple of days ago, I guess last Friday, was um, Kansas. I believe it was found there. So uh, it sparked a call from USDA to me, and they're saying, hey, we're going to ramp up and uh, kind of kick up, kick it up a notch regarding uh, um, awareness and education on social media. So wasn't too much more of a conference call than that, but just uh, for me to start expecting some things from them to start forwarding and sharing. But they are specifically going to start doing more awareness right. on social media now that We've uh, we've got it moving east, and um... and everyone just needs to realize that we talk about biosecurity for a reason, and this is the time. And we we were on top of this, remember, Andy, months ago, mm-hmm. back in December. Well, yeah, December. We talk about implementing your biosecurity plans. If you're one of those people who's like, ah, I don't need to worry about that. Well, guess what? 
we're we're saying it's it may not be at your doorstep, but it just rounded the corner on your block. <laughs> All right, so it's yeah, within uh, sight potentially. Yeah, it's, it's so you need to be thinking about your biosecurity plan before yeah. it's at your bio, um, at your doorstep. And I would say we all know we all know birds are flying north now. The birds that are causing problems on the west coast and in the Midwest are mixing with birds that can make it down the east coast. They're going to be breeding, and then later on in the year they're going to be migrating. And pretty soon, we could have the problem on the East Coast. We've got folks who are starting to do their coop tours. And people really need to be serious about what their biosecurity measures are as they prepare for coop tours. Are you going to open your coop up? Are you going to have everybody wear disposable boot covers? How about those little, not the Tyvek suits, but even the the, the blue um, personal protection coveralls? You know, I bought mine at Ivesco for, I think it was $12 for a box of 25 I might have that price off, but, you know, it's, it's an easy fix for somebody who's considering going around to um, visit coops on a coop tour. Uh, foot baths. I've got a fact sheet out on foot baths. Guess what? Download it. Get the components together. If you if you want to start using it now, great. You're going to be in practice in case it does show up on your doorstep. Um, but I would say definitely take a good look at your biosecurity and um, keep your flocks a little bit more closed this year and, and maybe for a year's time. It wouldn't hurt as we assess how this disease is moving across this great nation of ours. It's not what everybody wants to think about, but practice time is over for a lot of us. It's here, and um, and a lot of people are kind of, you know, am I doomed? No, not necessarily. You just have to practice biosecurity. That's it. Good biosecurity can keep this disease off your property. And you don't have to say goodbye to your girls. I made some strides with a group in Atlanta who do the Atlanta Coop Tour every year, and they reached out and wanted me to donate something. And I said, well, before I do, let me ask you what you're doing for biosecurity. And this was probably within the last 30 to 45 days, and I got an email back, and uh, we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But the email I received back basically um, said that they were on board with my suggestions that – Nobody is allowed in the run of the coop, for one, and they need to stay back at a, a certain distance from the run in the coop. And, no, you know, I, I told them, I said, everybody knows the purpose of a coop tour. We get that. There's nothing that you can't teach or show or, or brag about by uh, not allowing them to walk in your coop and in your run, oh, and to handle the chickens. So the last I heard that there was going to be no handling of any of the poultry on the tour and no walking in the run or the coop of the coops on tour and, um, you know, you can keep your distance. So if that ends up uh, becoming a rule, then I will mark that down as a success and, uh, could, uh, you know, really um, commend them for, for wanting to do the, the right thing to keep the chicken owners on the tour and then and the, and the coops and the chickens on, on the tour and the people who attend the tour and who may have chickens and track it back home. So 
Uh, I'm going to try to find out uh, if that was truly implemented, which I don't have any reason to not believe them, but I'm hoping that, that all that will, you know, and I'm sure a lot of it fell on deaf ears when they started, you know, putting the rules down. Oh, you know, I've never had a problem. It won't affect me. Uh, this is just something with big ag. They want to take away our chickens. They want, you know, yeah, you hear it all the time. Um, you know, this, my, my birds, well, I have good husbandry practices. My birds aren't sick like the ones in factory farms. And, you know, you hear a lot of that. I'm like, oh, really? When's the last time you had your bird tested for anything? Uh, never. Well, okay. It's well, nobody wants to be that coop tour that ruins it for everybody else who has coop tours. <laughs> yeah, just one of these coop tours needs to be the source of any sort of problem, and they're all going to get shut down. I would hate mm-hmm. to see that happen. I don't know if they would all get shut down, but that would be an awful aspect of any sort of outbreak. Ugh. So, biosecurity. And, and Andy, feel free to share with others that the fact sheets on the Center for Small Flock Research and Innovation are always okay. free to download, and any of those organizers can feel free to download as many and make copies of as many of those fact sheets as they would like. They're not specifically for backyard flock owners. Some of them are for pastured poultry owners, but the biosecurity concepts are still there and modified for those who are not doing commercial poultry production. Mm-hmm. So there yep. are options out there. Cool. Well, we'll get to our topic today, um, ammonia control and then uh, around the chicken coop uh, with Dr. McRae. Well, one of the topics that popped up a few times last winter, last, I should say last winter, it's still winter, what am I talking about? I, I'm hoping for spring, <laughs> yeah. was, um, was a combination of factors all tying back to uh, litter, moisture, and ammonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a cold winter, and not everybody has great ventilation inside their coop. Um, ammonia was the result, and people were kind of unsure as to how to handle that situation. So I was going to go through this talk a little bit step-by-step step so that people could understand ammonia control and what their options are and what it really does to the birds. Okay, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ammonia control does happen, or ammonia emissions from chicken manure or chicken litter occurs in both winter and summer, less so in the spring and the fall when the the temperatures are more moderate um, and sometimes it's a little bit windier to help with ventilation. In the winter, we all know it gets cold outside, we shut the coop up. And when you shut the coop up, you've got sometimes, depending on what coop design you have, Uh, what your fan options are, you don't have good ventilation. Uh, And I know some people, they've got sliding vents towards the the peak of their roofs, and they're able to let fresh air in by sliding vents halfway up the side of the coop. But um, if they've got all that shut down, they can get a little bit of a buildup of moisture inside there and... If you've got too many chickens in too small of a space, you can actually get a lot of condensation, which drips down and wets the litter. Now, wet litter leads to the ammonia um, release. We know that chickens are designed for flight, although they are not world travelers, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, chickens were, are still birds, and birds were designed originally for flight, 
some then modified for more ground-type living, like chickens and, and ostriches and so forth. But they still have the same physiological systems that says, I must make the body light for flight. So, of course, they've got no teeth, no heavy jaw for teeth. Um, they don't have a bladder. Uh, if you like, we have a bladder, and a lot of mammals have bladders. Uh, if you're carrying around a lot of water, it's hard to get up off the ground. So they have instead a system that is designed to modify their kidney waste into a solid, and that solid is called uric acid. For us, it's slightly different. It's a lot wetter. It's called urine. It's a slightly different, uh, it's just a slight shift. So if you're not carrying around a lot of water, you're able to take off and fly, and so that that helps. Um, If you're not sure what uric acid is and if you've ever seen it in your chickens, if you've looked at their chicken manure or their chicken poop, the brown part are the feces. That comes from the digestive tract. The white part is from the excretory system or from the kidneys. So, you know, basically they absorb the water in um, and it helps, you know, it helps them regulate their acid-base balance. And I'm sorry, I will turn my phone off as it just went off. I apologize. There we go. Uh, So that's, that's, you know, when you get pooped on by a pigeon or you find that some bird has graced your windshield of your car while you were at the mall, it's usually a seagull that does that, or you just take a look at what's out there in your chicken coop, those are the parts and those are the components. So eventually when uh, manure mixes in with your litter, um, the bacteria will start breaking down um, even more of the um, uric acid, and you get some small amount of off-gassing of ammonia. Um, so you can sometimes when you walk in the coop, if you haven't cleaned it out in a while, you kind of go, oh, I smell ammonia, or I smell something that smells like poop, chicken poop. That's what helps to tell you it's time to clean out. Um, in the summer, it can get quite bad because the heat mixing with um, high humidity and you can't get that litter dry, that's also when you can get a lot of ammonia release in the coop. And um, so other things that can cause ammonia release from the litter in the coop is if you spill your water or if you're one of those folks that that rather than cleaning out your water when you see that the chickens have, have um, defecated in the trough, you just dump it out and let it fill itself back up. Well, then you just wet the litter. And that allows, you know, wetness is a great growth medium for bacteria. It can kind of work its little magic and break down um, the manure a little bit better and have some more ammonia release. Or in the winter, if you've got frozen waterers and you crack that water out of the trough and you just plop it because it's cold and your fingers get cold handling the ice, if you just dump it out onto the litter and figure you'll, you know, it it goes away, you'll clean out soon enough. You know, if it warms up in there and that ice melts, then you're going to have wet litter again. 
So that's why I'm a big proponent of closed watering systems because it actually helps manage the wetness of the litter and can help manage, by proxy, ammonia in the coop. So if you're going, oh, I never smell ammonia. Well, you know, most humans, most adult humans are, you know, somewhat over four or five feet tall. Some of us are six feet tall. So when we go into the coop, we have our olfactory system several feet up higher than where the chickens live and their olfactory Mm -hmm. system. So people are going to love this suggestion. Put your face where the chicken's face is. Don't let them peck you in the eyes or anything, but if you have your face down there at chicken height and if you experience any sort of watery eyes because of ammonia or burning eyes or um, you can kind of smell the ammonia burning in your throat, um, your chickens have to live with that. And that that forces their immune system and their respiratory system to do things that, you know, it's reactionary. So when there's high ammonia levels, your chicken's immune system goes into alert. It's got to fight off or adjust against this um, high ammonia level. And, of course, because ammonia can be caustic, if it's, hurting the respiratory system, and it can hurt the uh, respiratory system, um, that means that the the respiratory system can't really get rid of the things that it's normally supposed to be able to handle and get rid of. So in our respiratory tract, we have mucus, but we also have layers of um, finger-like projections along our respiratory tract that, well, You'll think of this more when you're sick than when you're healthy, but you're constantly um, breathing in dust that gets caught in the mucus, and that mucus gets floated back up towards the back of your throat, and you clear your throat and move some of that mucus from the respiratory tract, and you swallow, and that takes care of whatever bacteria or viruses might have been hanging out in that dust that was making its way into your respiratory tract. It gets killed usually by your digestive tract because in your digestive tract you have lots of caustic acids and um, different things in, like, say, your stomach area that can break down bacteria and viruses successfully. But if your respiratory system is affected by ammonia, your villi, those little finger-like projections in your respiratory system shorten, and they can't really float that or beat that uh, mucus or dust out of the respiratory system anymore. And then the chicken's respiratory system gets compromised. Their immune system is having to work very hard. One of the things that we know happens with high ammonia levels is your birds grow poorly. So you end up with poor growth. If you have severe high ammonia levels for a long period of time, your birds can actually go blind. They end up getting some lesions on the surface of the eye because, of course, the ammonia mixes with the the liquid in the surface of the eye, and you can actually get some, some blindness going on. 
I remember years ago, years and years and years ago, when I was working on my master's degree, I was going around to different farms doing sampling. And I got to this one farm, wasn't too far from campus, and uh, the guy had, had straw down. Um, he was serving the um, the local population of, of um, minorities by providing birds for the ethnic market. And so people could come there and select birds. And I was in this one big pen, and you know, I was trying to take um, pictures of this breed of chicken that I hadn't um, included in my study before. And I came up to this one bird, and normally all the chickens ran away, and I was like, oh, this chicken fearless okay take a picture of this chicken and i you know was moving around like this chicken's not moving it was alive but it was blind he had such high ammonia when i um leaned down and squatted down to take this photograph you know this chicken that was just sitting there i just about passed out the level of ammonia that i was getting right at bird height but when i stood up it was okay because he had a crosswind um, so he wasn't detecting it at all. I don't think he ever squatted down at bird height, and straw is non-absorbent at the the size straw that he had. So he was just, you know, what had happened was he had um, sides that were just chicken wire, and he had a rainstorm come through that got half of his litter, straw litter, wet, and it was just off-gassing like mad. And this bird had been in there, and it had just gone blind, and it was not able to find food or water. So, of course, I took it over, and I put it in front of food and water, and it ate hardly, and it drank heavily, and I was like, oh, poor chicken, i got to go. Good luck. <laughs> um, but it can lead to blindness. So things that you need to know is that um, when we measure ammonia levels, we're talking about a gas, and so we usually talk parts per million. So that's the unit of measure that we're talking about. And um, I'll go through this list, Andy, and then I'm sure you're going to want to go to commercial. So okay. um, so at 10 parts per million, in turkeys, you can get a little bit of irritation in the, the trachea, which is the breathing tube. Esophagus is the eating tube. Trachea is the breathing tube. When you inhale your tea in the morning, like I did this morning, and you get water in the trachea, you cough a whole lot, okay? Uh if you have 20 parts per million, um, you can slightly affect the rate of infection uh, if you're vaccinating for certain viruses or, or bacteria. So you want your, if you're going to vaccinate your birds, you want to make sure that you, you don't have a lot of ammonia because you can affect the ability of that vaccine to take in your bird. Um, Effectively, you don't want to break with the disease. You just want to vaccinate them. So their immune system needs to be working well. Your goal as a small flock owner is to keep your ammonia levels below 30 parts per million. Uh, we know that at uh, 25 parts per million, you can get some impaired growth rate. Uh, you can get impaired feed conversion. Uh, so if you're raising broiler chickens or any chickens or turkeys for meat, you can affect um, their ability to grow correctly by just a slight amount of ammonia present. So you want to keep that litter clean and um, dry as much as possible. 
And anywhere from 25 to 50 parts per million, that's when the air sacs start to get inflamed, and that's what the respiratory system really reacting. At 50 parts per million, you can get uh, an increased incidence of uh, lesions on the eye, which is the start of blindness. That can be reversed if you get them into fresh air fast enough, um, but at 100 parts per million, you can get chick mortality, an increased rate of chick mortality. So you, it is something you want to pay attention to. So if your brooders get away from you this spring, if you if if you're not sure, you know, if you're smelling ammonia when you walk into whatever room you're brooding your chicks in, and you go, oh, stick your face down in that brooder, and if you gasp at the lack of air, <laughs> clean it. Take whatever was on your list of things to do and go clean it. Um, there are um, hydrion strips that you can buy where you just put a little bit of, uh, you tear off a little strip, you put some distilled water on there, and you just hold it or set it down in the environment that you're trying to test. And based upon the color change, it's like a little, it reminds you of the pH paper from high school or or college. Um, it changes color based upon the amount of ammonia present, um, much in the same way. So you just look at the little scale on the side of the package and say, oh, here's my level of ammonia. Yep, it's time to change the litter. So I'll I'll just let you go to commercial, Andy, and then we'll finish up our, our conversation about ammonia control. Sounds good. All righty, folks. Uh, today we're talking with poultry scientist and professor, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D. We're talking about ammonia control in and around the coop. Hope you're taking notes. There'll be more right after this short break. Stay with us. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialist. Brency has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brincy.com. Brincy spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, technology you can trust. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. 
It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your hen saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. In reality, I am Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We've got Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D. We're talking about ammonia control in and around the coop. And so hopefully you've been taking notes. There's more to come. And I'll turn it back over to you, Dr. McCray. Thank you, Andy. Well, now that you have an idea of how ammonia produced and what it can do to your flock, we've kind of gone over some of the things that you can do to combat it. Um, regular cleanouts are certainly one of them, but in the winter, I have come across several times where um, the litter gets frozen, um, either right around the door where snow blew in and then temperatures dropped quickly and you just you can't get to it, you can't break it up. 
angle's not right. You just can't can't get in there and get to it to deal with it until you get a thaw. Which for us here in Delaware, Andy, a couple of weeks ago didn't happen until just after Cooptastic. <laughs> um, so there was a good three, four weeks there where I know some people just had frozen litter stuck to the floor and they couldn't do anything. And of course, Andy, not all of your listeners are young, spry people. Some of them are older and you don't want to do anything that hurts yourself when it's like an icy outside. Uh, so cleaning up may just have to wait until such time as things thaw and it's a little safer for you to maneuver out there. Um, don't need any slip and falls. I had a colleague who broke his tibia earlier this year on some ice. So don't be, don't don't hurt yourself out in the coop or trying to get things mm-hmm. done in the coop. Uh, so basically, uh, your manure is going to be your challenge. Uh, there are things that are out there now that weren't out there a year ago to help you with this. So if you're able to um, somehow block blowing rain or snow from getting into your coop, that protects the area right around where the chickens go in and out. Um, that new product by um, Chicken Fountain Coop Tight. That is a product that, that not only is going to keep the coop warmer, but prevents uh, water from getting in. Um, that I wish this one farmer who had like three or four inches of built-up um, frozen manure had had around their, their coop entrance. Um, so you're going to want to manage the amount of moisture that blows in through doors. Try not to track it in on your feet. So, um, you know, maybe you have a mat or uh, some bricks that you can step on and knock snow off your feet before you track it into the coop. Um, That helps with some moisture control in the litter. Um, But I get a lot of questions on this from small flock owners, you know, who are kind of battling the frozen litter slash ammonia release issue is, what do people do with the deep litter method? People who have got six inches or more of litter, um, what are they doing about ammonia control? Well, of course, not everybody does deep litter correctly, and you do get a lot of ammonia off-gassing, and it is something that has to be monitored and dealt with sometimes by spot cleaning. Uh, Other times, um, if you're turning litter or the chickens are turning the litter sufficiently, and you don't end up with wet spots or um, damp areas, then you don't get a lot of ammonia off-gassing. But if you've got areas um, maybe right underneath the uh, perches where they sleep at night um, and your birds don't turn that, then that's something that even in a deep litter method you may find yourself cleaning more frequently or doing spot cleaning there right around the waterer. It's definitely an area of concern because um, birds, you know, they, they're they going to um, defecate right around um, feeders and waters, and you might have spills around the waters, and any entrances that you have. So those are the spots that you want to really monitor and do. Um, you don't want any caking of the litter where the litter mats down and where you've got 
clean, dry litter underneath, but you've got this slick mess over the top, which is what can happen. The other thing we need to talk about to help people with their their decisions before we go into solutions um, are the litter choices. You want to choose an absorbent litter, something that is going to wick away any uh, moisture quickly, and that's even moisture from the manure. So wood shavings or sawdust do that very well. Um, Andy, you and I have talked many times about straw. Mm -hmm. Straw from a hay bale isn't going to cut it. It's incorrectly sized. When you use straw from a hay bale, you also end up with major caking issues. It's not absorbent for ammonia, and you bring in mold potential there. You can have aspergillosis very quickly in your flock. Yep, and uh, you've got the issues of straw um, being straw-like, and so the bacteria build up within the straw, which straw is, is shaped. So I know, especially with the moisture, which you have the waterers and the moisture from their right. poo, and, and so, yeah, yeah, absolutely, the straw part kind of works against you uh, now, with the bacteria build up. You can solve this straw problem, but not a lot of people are willing to do the work that it takes or search for the product that would work. It's called chopped straw. We know through research that chopped straw, if it's under two inches in length, can actually do the job. But nobody really wants to go out there (laughs) with a bale of straw and a pair of scissors. (laughs) And do the job. Even if it's three or four inches in length, that's too long. You want it under two inches in length to be uh, as effective as the best absorbent materials, such as wood shavings or sawdust. Alternatives, depending on where you live in this great country, you might be in a region that has a byproduct that you can use. Now, if commercial industry is willing to do the research, you might as well benefit from it, okay? Peanut holes are an acceptable substitute for wood shavings or sawdust or even chopped straw that's under two inches in length. If you live in the region of the country where you have easy access to peanut holes, go get them. Put them in your coop. Um, Rice holes. If you live in the region of the country down in uh, middle of California or even Louisiana region, rice holes are a byproduct of the rice industry that work very well. And, of course, I was a student at University of California, Davis, and when we went on tours of of commercial facilities, they used rice holes. It was neat to see that being used so effectively. So um, a lot of people ask me, oh, chopped corn cobs. Yeah, you can get a lot of caking with that. Um, it's a lot more work. Some people say, oh, sand, sand is the cure. Yeah, sand works well, but you don't want to brood chicks on it because you can't get it warm enough for them. So that might be something that you use for older birds. Um, Also, it gets heavy. (laughs) Sand um, allows the water to trickle away, but that may mean that it gets your board underneath the sand 
thoroughly soaked with water, and that may rot. Um, if you put linoleum over the floor in the inside of your coop and you put sand down, where's that water going to go? Give it somewhere to go or use it strictly outside in the outside area of the coop if that's what you're going to do. And remember, you can use sand for a couple of years, but then eventually you get you can get to the point where you may choose to want to move it out, and that gets heavy. It's very heavy. Um, depending on where you are, you may or may not uh, be able to use sand outside. Um, if you have uh, groundwater pollution problems and, and you're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to um, contribute to any sort of bacterial infiltration of that. So you, you have to think about what you're going to do with some of these these different litters and, um, like I said, some of those alternative absorbent products are, still can be put into your compost pile and, and utilized. I would not say that newspaper or magazine paper is a good choice, even if you shred it. Um, they just get matted when they get wet. Um, there are even companies out there that kind of pelletize recycled um, newspapers or magazine pages. But once they get wet, they kind of um, unfurl and, and get a little mushy. So that's you know, you have to think about what your coop is like on the inside before you decide which type of litter to use. So I do recommend regular monthly cleanouts. Uh, I do recommend that you check daily around the waters, the feeders, underneath the roofs, and around entrances for caked litter. Um, and that can just easily be spot removed and taken out to the compost pile. No matter what season you are in, you want to use good ventilation so that the birds are comfortable and you control litter moisture. Um, there are commercial poultry products that are out there for ammonia control, but some of them require special equipment and you have to have personal protective equipment that you you don to use those products. Um, and so and some of them can be a little bit caustic, so you want to be careful when you even think about that. But I have found that there is one specific product labeled for small flocks, um, chick flick, and that is just mostly clay, or what's called fuller's earth. Um, and then it's uh, acidic calcium sulfate is the active ingredient that actually combines with the ammonia so that it's not released into the air. So um, these two ingredients, the majority of which is Fuller's Earth, um, and it is specifically designed for safe use. You can put your hands in it. It's totally safe and um, spread it out in the litter so that you will have um, ammonia control at those specific times when um, maybe the coop got away from you, you've got an event coming up, you come down sick and you can't clean out like you normally would, or you know, you're about to go into a deep freeze and you can't clean out like you wanted to, so you throw down some chick flick and that um, takes care of the problem. Um, we've been doing a little bit of research with chick flick and I'm 
pleasantly surprised by its effectiveness to knock down ammonia levels to zero with very little application. And it lasts about a week, um, at least at, at the application rates that are mentioned on the package. So um, it, it buys you some time, and uh, if your chickens eat it, it's no big deal. I mean, I, I wouldn't say eat it, but it, if it gets on your hands, you're perfectly safe. Um, but that is what I um, have to share with you. There are other products out there, like um, some people have mentioned Sweet PDZ. It's not labeled for for use with small flocks. Um, this this one's really ahead of the curve. Chick Flick is ahead of the curve, at least in that area. Um, but that is what I had to share with you today, Andy. Um, any questions from the chat room? Didn't see any in the, the chat room. Page. No, I didn't see any uh, in the chat room on the Facebook page. But I will say that um, just so people know what they're buying and know what they see, uh, in a lot of feed and seed stores, there is a little jar. It almost looks like a Parmesan cheese uh, <laughs> jar with a little sprinkler on top, and it's called Coop Refresher. It is relabeled uh, by Manapro and sold uh, in stores everywhere, and that is Sweet PDZ that is actually in that little shaker. They just take it and put it in that shaker and put Manapro on it. And so that, that's my understanding that that is uh, Sweet PDZ and, and there, um, however they deem to use it for a, a coop setting versus a horse stall setting. So just so people know what they're uh, buying uh, when they get that stuff and they can look at Sweet PDC and uh, or the big, like, 40-pound bag of Sweet PDC and compare. So, But, um, yeah, great, great information. It's something that we all need to be aware of, everybody who keeps chickens, just because you don't, like you talked about earlier, you walk in the coop, you don't smell anything. You're standing next to your brooder, you don't smell anything so much. And then, uh, but but get down there where the birds uh, are actually uh, a few inches up from the uh, bedding and take a look at it. Also, I'll mention on sand on every USDA webinar that we've done in the last five years, uh, the USDA um, veterinarians. Um, um, have added, you know, adamantly said no, no sand in the coop or in the brooder. If you want to use the run, that's fine. Um, Peter's been on the show and talked about uh, why he feels there may be uh, an increase in uh, coccidiosis by using sand. Uh, we've we've tracked back bumblefoot issues due to sand, and a lot of that's because people have very high roosts. And like you said, you want your bedding to be absorbent but also soft. So when you've got this yeah. eight-pound chicken, eight-pound chicken jumping off this four or five feet <laughs> down onto this floor, um, and you know you want it to be soft and on the sand. You know, I want I challenge everybody out there: go get a handful of sand. I don't care what kind of sand, construction sand, uh, river sand, play sand, whatever. Grab a handful of it and then go grab a tree branch and twist your hand on it and see what happens to the skin of your hand. So so we've talked about some of the negative things in the USDA webinars um, uh, about sand, of course, and the, the negative parts about that. But um, love love the talk about the bedding and um, it all really... And a lot and of, of people course, just don't think about ammonia at all, Andy, mm-hmm. because they think, oh, that's a commercial problem. No. When I walked into some of these small flock coops this year, Andy, people were calling me because they realized 
what was going on, and they didn't know what to do. And I'm just glad that there's this new product that they can use now that wasn't available before. And, and Andy, I forgot to mention, people are asking me, what about putting down lime? That just changes the pH. That doesn't actually capture the ammonia, which is what you want to do with um, anything that you spread out. You want um, to capture the ammonia or control the wetness of the the spot that's the problem spot. Um, and it's just a matter of good management. A lot of people, when they smell ammonia, they know what they need to do. And... Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're in that situation and and you're in a city and you know that you let it get away from you, you don't want to ruin it for anybody else. So do due diligence, do your regular clean out as as best you can, even in freezing conditions. And uh, the the big the big boys that a lot of people like to talk down on, uh, they really do their due diligence to eliminate the the ammonia. Because um, sick and dead birds don't pay bills. They have no need to have sick and dead birds because then they don't make money. So everybody's talking about it. They're all in it for the money. Well, sick and dead birds don't make money. So uh, just trying to walk that line, let everybody know about, you know, the the realism there. Well, Well, there is a product that's out there for small flock owners, and and I do want people to know about Chick Flick because it is brand new on the market, and I don't think a lot of people even know it exists. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. go to your feed store, ask for it. They are they are a brand new company, and they wouldn't mind being in more feed stores across this great country. Mm-hmm. So their website is chickflickcoop.com. It's C H I C K F L I C C O O P dot com. Chickflickcoop.com, and they're um, they're a good family to to work with. So questions that. Uh, people have um if you want to save them for the small flock q a later on the year that's an option but this should be a topic andy where people can really kind of mull it over and start asking questions and then come back and do a a good set of questions for the small flock q a later on in the year since it is a new Mm -hmm. topic Yep, that sounds great. We'll definitely uh, do that. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, folks. Dr. McRae joins us on the first and third Thursday of every single month, has for a while now, and uh, we love it when she's on. We learn so much. And, Dr. McRae, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Andy. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Again, that's uh, poultry scientist and professor, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D. with Delaware State University. So, hey, that's going to wrap up another great show of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We thank you for tuning in today. No show on Fridays. We'll return back here this coming Monday with another great episode of Ask the Chicken Doctor with Peter Brown. So we hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. God bless everybody.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.